Hello and welcome to Disconnect. This is a topic you guys have requested and both of us are extremely fond of too. Today we are talking about touring. So what's your favorite part? Uh, all of it. The planning, the uh. packing, the <laughs> leaving, the middle of it, the arriving. the satisfaction of covering a large distance of things going to plan uh, the idea that the hotel turned out to be what i thought it would be then the excitement of waking up at 3 am again tomorrow because i have to leave at 4 am again or something aha the whole thing that's so exciting what's your favorite part um if you're talking about touring by cars um by car packing the snack basket bro you're nagpurishan led of all the ram man <laughs> A well-planned snack basket is crucial to a good long drive. It's for efficiency. It's for hygiene. It's for health. Hygiene. Everything. Yeah, of course, because you don't know what you might get sometimes. So it's important to have. But that's the whole point of leaving home. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to so get. So that's backup. Oh, you're also vegetarian, so your issues are also larger than most other people's. Fair enough. Also picky. Um, so okay, so how do you do the same thing when you're on a motorcycle? How is it that the snacking and all of this doesn't bug you when you're on the bike? It depends on where you're going. Okay, right? give me an example. Um, so if I'm traveling through Gujarat, huh. I'm not worried at all. Okay. Strangely enough, Gujarat dhabas huh. have awesome palak paneer. Right. So I'm more than happy to, <laughs> to stop wherever. <laughs> <laughs> and order palak paneer <laughs> it's awesome but uh, honestly on on a motorcycle if you want to cover distances i follow the same system which is uh, i think uh, tank to tank so which is then whatever you find at the best place possible and ideally have something in your backpack so you can quickly munch on it and get on and for once this is not the tank he's talking about on <laughs> the motorcycle <laughs> okay let's roll this back and let's yeah. get a little bit more serious about it because Uh, yeah, I, sure. I mean, at some yeah, point yeah, we have yeah, to, right? Yeah, sure. Where does the process of planning a tour start for you? For me, mm. Mm, destination, of course, mm. is important because there has to be a reason why you want to get there. Sure. But planning itself becomes about where, what all you want to see, how much time you want to keep on the way, mm. uh, which is. not too common now but like when we were kids uh, we used to live in khapoli which is between bombay and pune mm-hmm. and every summer we would drive down to nagpur mm-hmm. and man before we would head off on that journey the excitement levels used to be through the roof because you'd just be thinking about and back then roads were completely nonsense right. and uh, we'd be doing it in fiats or ambassadors so we'd have four punctures along the way and each one used to be like an adventure okay now we're going to and all the kids would jump out and say that okay we're going to help fix the puncture and all of that so all of that would be part of the package but it would be the excitement of where you're going so uh-huh. uh, back then to go to nagpur used to be uh, a two day journey so how many kilometers would you be able to do back in the day i would i can't recall exactly because the routes would be different back then sure. uh, but i guess maybe you're doing 300 400 odd kilometers a day not more than that so for all the people who think india's roads aren't getting any better how difficult is it to do 3 4 3 to 500 kilometers oh. in a day in a car or a bike today nothing i mean i think you could easily do 400 kilometers in 7 8 hours today yep yeah, and almost anywhere in this country i think yeah easy i don't think that's a big challenge at all anymore hmm 
we could i mean we've done like uh, like the pune or bombay chennai route i mean that you don't even have to think about it you just get on and you keep going and you only stop when you need fuel you don't have to it's a zero stress journey in that mm. uh, practically the entire distance yeah so i started to solve touring because i was going to the race track a lot and that was a 1000 km day to bangalore now bengaluru and we had to i had to figure out how that touring mode worked as opposed to saying oh okay i am in say bengaluru and now to go to the race track and it's 350 km 350 km a after a 1000 km day doesn't feel like anything second that's the day that you take the time to see something stop somewhere walk around a bit i don't know do some tourism kind of thing but a 1000 km day is a whole different mindset and i remember reading uh, advice on touring for long tours and they said try to stack up your big days early that's when you're freshest that's when you'll pull it off mm. but it also allows you to get to the place where you're going mm. without going through the boring part slowly as mm. it were mm. right so could you have done bengaluru in 3 days very comfortably yes right. but then that's 3 days of your tour lost to a relatively boring or uneventful part correct so you figure out how to do that 1000 km day and what you said right at the beginning tank to tank is the way to do it hmm. the more you stop the more time you consume so you just figure out a way to keep going hmm. and it's uh, it's more complicated than it sounds because it means you have to be drinking enough water so you don't get tired but not so much water that you want to keep stopping <laughs> to uh, urinate hey, what about selfies what about selfies i mean hmm. tank to tank so every selfie would look the same you'd be at a petrol pump and the same bike and the same guy and <laughs> I don't know what the big deal about selfies is what you're going to forget that you were there. So what is your purpose when you go for tours? How important you're talking about a 1000 km a day uh which means you're really crunching miles. That's right? just a transit day. I'm just trying to get somewhere. Right. That may not be the the touristy touring mode where the distance is not important anymore but the idea of where you are is a lot more important. Mm. I increasingly find that I'm so involved with riding the motorcycle that I forget to do tourism. Mm. I remember this one day where I was coming up from Agumbe to Goa which is a relatively short run and I didn't realize how short the run was because of the average speeds that I was able to carry from practice purely so I re- reached Goa like at like the border at 10 a.m in the morning oh and I was like oh I have the full day I am not going to Goa now because the point is not to sit at the beach and chill and have a beer right the point is to be on the motorcycle longer hmm so I stopped on the side of the road and realized that the Dandeli Anshi and all of those beautiful hmm. roads were on my right hmm. so i took a i think a 3 and a half hour detour which turned out to be an adventure because of google maps hmm. but my point is i am out for a holiday with the motorcycle rather than to hmm. see a thing hmm. so if i were to go on tour today uh, let's say motoring gives me a little bit of a break and i go for a tour hmm. there would be a whole bunch of days which are purely designed to let me ride a motorcycle but then in some place that motorcycle will get parked and i don't know i know over something would get hired and then that express purpose of that is to go i don't know see the old church or see the fort or visit a historical place or visit a museum or mm. something like that okay but i increasingly i'm so purist about riding that i am no longer willing to mix tourism into it on the same day okay because also there is the challenge of i mean i i'm wearing motorcycle boots and walking around everywhere right you've seen me in the office wearing motorcycle boots the whole day and it really gets akash's goat also like oh, why don't you change your shoes but that's how i am right hmm. so can i walk up a fort staircase to see the fort in motorcycle boots i can but can everybody pull that off as easily and have a great time i think motorcycle gear interrupts you there hmm 
is it safe enough a country where you can leave stuff on the motorcycle and walk off even with locked luggage there'll be something in the back of your mind saying i don't know if it'll be there when you get back helmets okay. especially are large objects hard to hide so from that perspective i delink the two i say okay this is a 10 day thing i will crunch distance on these two days at the beginning and these two days at the end in the middle i have five days where i see nice roads and then maybe two days where i meet people see a place and that's how i'd set it up now okay uh since you've done this in a very methodical manner uh what's your chaotic method actually what i like to do if i have to head out on a trip is to not have an agenda mm. because driving or riding in itself is meditative sure so i enjoy that process um so it's a question of what mood do you settle into and what do you feel like mm. so sometimes it's like okay uh, so vanita and i have done this we were supposed to go to goa and uh, we were on, on a motorcycle we were on the impulse and my cousins were already wow. there and yeah with luggage and everything so we rode headed out from pune at some time and we were chilling we were really enjoying the ride and we got past nipani and we could have made it to goa he said oh it's okay it's feeling good let's uh, just stay for the night so we found some random hotel uh, on the mm. way and just spend the night there i wasn't like this to be honest i used to be very like let's get there and uh, that's the plan mm. but i've kind of started enjoying doing things a little bit more on the fly right. and uh, i did the one on the busa as well uh, last year which was really good fun i think i hadn't done that on the busa as in a just random mm. kind of trip so that was really good fun uh so that's how i think about it that uh, but of course if you are going some place mm-hmm. then you will have a more structured approach to it yeah. you will be looking at what time you're making what kind of traffic and all of that so yeah um more easy going is fun uh, just from a touring standpoint huh. i don't think i have that easy going mode at all like if you worked with me a while now i don't think you've ever seen me sort of just not doing everything in like everything is done in mission mode right it has uh, it needs to be finished and there needs to be a process right and i don't think even my touring works like that no like uh, with a ktm i would still imagine that i could go along the road and then at say 3 o'clock in the afternoon decide say okay so where am i going to stay tonight mm. but with a larger motorcycle mm. no you need to know exactly where you need to stay tonight and to me i still have that fear of riding in the dark which is from the days when the roads were terrible the headlights uh. were terrible and the combination was just horrible right uh. So I still have a hangover of that. So I still feel like I'm okay to leave at 3 a.m. in the morning because there aren't that many people around. Right. But I don't want to ride after sunset till nine o'clock trying to find a hotel. I, right. I'd rather want be there at dusk, last, last. Right. Park the bike, cover it up, and then we are done for the day. Right. That means you need to know at least the city that you're going to end up in. Right. The larger the city, the more critical that you know what hotel you are going to. The smaller the place, the less critical it is. Smaller the place, will it have space when you show up? And if they don't, then what are you going to do? Hmm. It's just. easier to call ahead and say hey listen mm. i'm going to come at this time booking.com for example i found that they let you book a hotel without paying any money then you can call the hotel and say i made a booking i just wanted to confirm parking space whatever and they're usually extraordinarily helpful in that mode because they're basically rece- waiting to receive the payment and once you've had that conversation that confidence level is a little bit easier so that's what i would do okay as for night uh, night driving riding i i'm on the other end i love driving and riding at night driving i'm very happy to do in the night okay. riding no not so much oh i enjoy that a lot and in that a small tip 
lot of people end up using high beams all the time if you're on poor uh, i mean roads that are not lit up one thing i found that really helps is actually sticking to low beam and managing your pace as per the mm-hmm. light throw and what you can see but when in doubt just being able to flash go to high beam and down again that stark contrast hmm. actually pinpoints more objects for you than staying in high beam for a long time because you kind of tend to zone out so that's one trick that i've uh, used often and uh, aside from that even the markings lots of times you've been on roads which are really dark hmm. and you don't know where it's going so it's like follow the near near portion of the road right. and with the markings trace with the yeah. markings so that the, the reflective markings show you roughly where the road is road going. is yeah. going so you riding according to what you can see of course but that doesn't mean it's a poor pace no it's just that you are being careful and if you follow a few of these things it can be a lot of fun no in fact i'd add to that uh, the, the poor pace idea comes from the fact that you feel like you're going slowly but you will lose so much time every time you stop that yeah. you should just take that off the entire consideration set at all if you think you've been going slowly for the last 3 hours if you take 10 minutes off your next stop you will recover the time that you lost even if that time that you think you lost is real if it is real it's 10 minutes at the lunch stop or dinner stop or whatever midnight stop it will recover all of that time correct now okay we've gone on to the drive and ride and whatever i love the packing part of it what do you do for packing what's your trick So I think one of the things that I learned early on for motorcycles specifically is to roll up the clothes. Yeah. When you roll them up it's amazing how much you can pack yeah. uh into you know uh, a bag. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot easier and one of the other things is to pack like let's say t-shirts, you roll mm-hmm. them up, stuff them into a bag and pack those in yeah. and maybe shorts or whatever else separately. So it's all easy to access, it doesn't become a big mess. Yeah. um and of course balancing the weight between the saddle bags that mm. is one thing that i try to keep a uh, track of huh. not always perfect but yeah so as usual i like to do this with more vehemence right mm. so i won't just roll up my t-shirts mm. i looked up ways to roll up the t-shirts <laughs> yeah 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 so it was good fun because uh, i learned to range roll them which is a very dense roll what the hell does that even mean it's technique you can look it up but the thing is If you roll it right, it doesn't crease up. Uh, so it's not like when you pull the t-shirt out, it's like a mass of creases. Uh, and I learned that you have actually a way to avoid rolling completely. Mm. So what you said is, you roll up your t-shirt, you put it in a pouch, mm. and you sh- stick it in a bag. Mm. Fantastic idea. This is what I do. If your pouch is compressible, which means it has an extra zip, you may not need to roll it because what the rolling is doing is taking all the air out, mm. and the compression will do it. Mm. better yet if you can get rolled and compressed the bags become really small we're going to make a tutorial on this which we'll be doing a demo <laughs> of all the three ways that he to- told us about packing but the fun part is that when you start paying attention to packing what fundamentally changes is not the technique it changes your approach to it hmm. so when i was doing the messy packing where i'd just throw stuff in and say i'll deal with it hmm. you'd come back with 40% of what you packed unused hmm. right so then you iterated But when you started iterating, you started paying attention. When mm. you started paying attention, your technique improved. Mm. When your technique improved, suddenly you said, "I know that I'm not going to use this forty percent. So mm. what's the point of carrying it at all?" Mm. And so today, I will go for the longest of trips with the tiniest of bags. Mm. And I think it started with the fact that I bothered to look up how to roll a T-shirt. I'm on the other end. If I have space, I'll pack. No problem. 
<laughs> which is why when you have to prepare for a tour when you're going by car <laughs> it's like boot space kitna hai okay how many bags can that manage okay two hard cases that's fine and rest will be soft luggage <laughs> we're sorted soft luggage will typically have all the stuff that you need quickly easily or, or through the days when you're traveling <laughs> and you're sorted so you don't have to take out the big bags that's what i'll do mm. uh, so you don't have to move the heavy stuff mm. on a regular basis or better still like when we went to ladakh was like you had a big bag with a lot of stuff in it and there would be a smaller bag into which you just offload stuff the day stuff as yeah. it were yeah so that because we were i mean cars were parked there and we were staying there yeah. so it was just a lot easier yeah. so just kind of planning the packing that we can make things easy hmm yeah so yeah as much as i can <laughs> what tools do you carry tools me nothing how can you carry no nothing. tools every comment i've read on the internet says you cannot tour if you don't have tools you carry tools no <laughs> 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 I am superstitious about it. I am superstitious. I believe like if there are tools on the bike, then at some point the god of tools will wake up and say, "You better use my stuff now, or else this tour is over okay, here." I'm gonna tell you a story. The first ever time I was going to ride a mania, okay, and so this is the first time I'm doing a. First time? No, not a first time. But first time I was going to ride a mania. So Pune, Goa. Uh, no, it was from Bombay. I was in Bombay hmm. that time. Hmm. Uh, so from Bombay to Goa. Hmm. So it was all Osef, Veer, Harsh, everybody, hmm. um, and we all had this plan to ride out at 4 a.m. and and I, I had obviously borrowed a bike from Royal Enfield, the Thunderbird 350, hmm. and so we started off in the dark, and it was cool in the morning. It was a little bit foggy. And uh, once the sun started to come out, I realized I was just following them. Right, I didn't hmm. know the way. Uh, and of course there was a camera crew along um, in a qualis mm. uh, so way back then right so this would be 2007 or some 2008 something yeah so like when that. he said camera crew i knew this trip was ruined <laughs> so uh, that, that didn't get in the way of this trip so anyway so we uh, got out of bombay and at some point the sun came up and it was it was like you know the, the mornings that you look forward to mm. right there's a light mist hanging in the air the orange of the sun is just coming on the horizon you know you can see it on the side and you suddenly realize you're outside bombay because there are fields and they're all glowing orange you're like wow this is the feeling right and i i got excited i'm like wow and we're traveling in this pack of big bikes so i started speeding up because everybody else was at a fair pace so i said chalo chalo and then so 350 cc so now that i can see the road we should be doing at least 90 100 kilometers an hour from this road so i went so got 80 90 and then the hell just happened so the bike just shut off and we were in, just got into a village at that point so i just uh, started up again and started and i said okay cool so got out of the village and sure enough as soon as i got out it went the 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 beauty of this moment was as soon as i stopped all the others realized okay a bike has stopped they stopped and when i said my bike has broken down something's wrong with it you should have seen the joy on the faces <laughs> of everybody because everybody said what tools do you need and everybody's you know saddlebags and opened up and everybody got out tools ki ye kholenge wo kholenge and i'm like dude what's going on and the thing is we couldn't fix it that bike had to be trucked back i got a replacement bike none of the tools helped all i had been carrying was a clutch cable that's all i had since then i've just not i mean i i would choose a machine in which i would not need tools and how many times with this philosophy have you ever been stranded on the road at all in the last what 23 years of doing this professionally 
Yeah, yeah. Never. Never. That's that's absolutely right. So I've more or less followed the same philosophy from the other side. I am superstitious about it. I believe that if there are tools on the bike, then eventually the tools will demand to be used. Right? It's they a, have a life of their own. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more of imbuing of personality and character than maybe the tools deserve. But here we are. So I will carry a tire pressure thing, a gauge and a filler. Why? Because, okay, if you go into a remote area and you're running low on air, you will need to inflate the sure. tire to get out of there. That's it. Sure. Will I carry spare clutch cables? Huh. No. If I think the clutch is going to be an issue, I will replace the clutch cable before I depart. Right. Will I carry throttle cables? Same logic. Yeah. Will I carry a little bit of oil to top it up? No, it would have been topped up before I left because that's part of the prep. Will I require brake fluid? No, it's mm. just been filled. So I prep the bike to the nines so that everything is fresh. Right. And after that, I carry basically nothing. So with the cars, mm -hmm. I think by and large, you really don't have to work at all to take a car that you've been using in the city and take it out on the highway. I think the only thing I would do, and particularly because you would want to start early in the day to beat the city traffic. Is the snack basket. <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> tire pressures. Mm. Clean the windscreen inside mm. and out. Mm. Top up the wiper washer fluid. Yeah. Um, make sure the spare is okay. Yeah. And you're done. So basically <laughs> prepare. Yeah. But and not for disaster. Prepare for the trip. No, I wouldn't think so much about it. Because see, now you're running tubeless tires. Mm. So you're, if you end up having an issue where you're having a deflating tire, you have enough time. Once you recognize that, yeah, you're losing pressure, mm. you will have enough time to at least get to somewhere. Right. Right. If you have a bad enough situation where you have a complete loss of pressure mm. on a motorcycle, then even a tire repair kit is not going to do much. Yeah. So If it's catastrophic, it's done. You're done, you're done. Yeah. So I, I really don't. In fact, when I went to Goa and uh, that was that lazy trip, I went through a patch of road which I had been told would not be good. Mm. I said, nah, sure, whatever. Mm. And it was not like it was like that proper red mud and rocks and all of that. Mm. But the point was... So a Maharashtra highway, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> and this goes to that forest, uh, reserve forest, right? So uh -huh. there's nothing around. And I think if I had a puncture repair kit... Like you were saying, maybe I would have been a bit more careless. Yeah, possible. You know? Yeah, I would have thought that. Yeah, okay, fine. But I think just being a little bit more cautious mm. overall, and the Busa suspension not an issue. The thing would be the tires, and something could go wrong. No matter how much you take care of it, sure. but hey, but that that remains in your toolkit always, right? It's called the RSA. Ah. Uh, I mean, you call them and they'll take an hour, two hours, three hours to get there, which is less time than if you were to sit there and hope that the bike would fix itself. Mm -hmm. Fix itself. Because mm -hmm. nobody else is there, right? You're in the middle of the forest. Man, it's been so long since I changed the clutch cable also. It would take me that long, I think, now. No, I'm, I'm saying a catastrophic clutch cable failure is an unknown if you've just recently replaced it before you left for the tour. Correct. Right, go to the service guy, ask him to replace all the cables. It's not expensive. Ask him to tighten all the major bolts. That's not a big deal. Mm. Top up all your fluids and ensure they're fresh. How can anything go wrong? On this note, mm. because I will think of it, you won't. If you're in a scenario mm. wherein you're saying, hey, my brake pads will be gone in 1,000 kilometers, and you know, those tires look like they've got another 
800 kilometers or so on them mm. you know and you have a you have a travel itinerary plan change them don't cheap out here change them there's a gesture our dop uses that is relevant at this point if you're thinking whether you should or not this one <laughs> <laughs> this is the one you use right <laughs> yeah you know the bike should the bike or car should be ready to run if there is anything that is missing from and it's not a calculation that says i need it in 7000 kilometers but the trip is only 5000 so i'll change it after no do it now use the 2000 kilometers left on whatever this consumable is as your backup you can use it later exactly store it i mean it's not such a big problem yeah no. so store it use it later if you're so particular about not wasting it that's fine but the idea is when you are covering longer distances let's say for tires or brakes they will be used harder right so these parts will be under more stress because you'll be traveling longer there'll be heat build up even in tires so if anything has to go wrong let's say you are running low on tread uh then chances of punctures etc will be higher so that's the situation you want to avoid yeah so just being a little bit more uh, pragmatic about it and uh, not cheaping out will help how do you create content while you're on tour you've seen how active i am on social media that's mm-hmm. not the issue here you have to understand fundamentally that you cannot tour if you're not creating content okay oh, the, there was a time when you couldn't tour if nobody was sponsoring you right but we've gotten over that yeah okay there are people there who understand that it is okay to tour on their own money rather than having somebody else right. spend money so you know the false causes like the smiling girl child and all of this nonsense it used to happen in i'm going to say the late 2000 15 16 17 18 we used to get people saying sir i need to go to ladakh for a tour who will sponsor me we have passed that people are spending their own money mm. fair good but now they want to recover this money so they have to create content mm. so how do you tour and create content what's the i guess i don't tour then because i have no content to show for it <laughs> we are the most useless when it comes to this part of the conversation so you don't have a gopro mounted on your chest and other in your helmet and one on the side of your helmet and one on the top of your helmet when you're touring and one back at you so that you have your own view and a mic and no what's your setup man i have one sticky on the tank which i've used once uh. <laughs> that's it has never been used there since then ever you asked me last time what what is that remember uh, yeah 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 i never used it i don't know because the idea of being on a um i mean to tour is to disconnect but if you don't have anything to show that you were on tour were you really on tour why are you going on this trip man <laughs> why not <laughs> No but I I totally agree with you. Yeah. I don't think of it either. Uh-uh. Will I have a GoPro somewhere in my bag? Yes. Will I have uh I have an RX100 the Sony camera. Mm-hmm. Will it be there somewhere in my bag? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that they want to get pulled out with any kind of regularity at all? Um no. Absolutely not. The phone's mounted on the bike for navigation or whatever, but for anything more than that? Yeah. Rarely. it's 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 a distraction i don't know i just feel that if if it's a good enough place to stop because it's so beautiful yes i don't want to stop and take photos i want to enjoy that moment Correct. i want to just be there enjoy it and move on yeah there. and i tried huh. i gave it my best shot oh yeah 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 i i tried see i, I don't like body mounted cameras i don't like helmet mounted cameras i think both of them are stupid at some level or the other so i would not do it for filming for a story where it is on your body for 10 minutes okay i made my peace with that mm. but would i put it like this and then go 10 hours no chance oh god right yeah. so then i said okay the rx100 fits into the pocket of my jacket quite yeah. neatly yeah. it's not waterproof but it fits neatly so i have access to a really re- i have access to a reasonably high power camera in my pocket hmm. 
so i pulled it out and took a photograph and i said no it's too clunky this process is too clunky okay let's put it in the tank bag <laughs> no it's still too clunky okay my phone has a camera i'll take the phone off and then oh, it's too clunky so it takes a lot of work on the scenery's part on the environment's part on my mental state for me to be able to come to a stop with the pure intention of saying oh there's a photograph that needs to be taken himalayan odyssey i think that would be 2008 hmm. or 9 i'm not sure that one time i went berserk on shooting because you know how difficult it was to shoot the odyssey back then because yeah. there were no there roads no, no footage it was very difficult yeah, yeah there were no roads so the camera vehicle would be way behind yeah, yeah so i had this whole setup where i could mount one kind of uh, you know like the uh, gorilla pods hmm. i could strap one around my arm uh, at the drop of a hat and i used to have one side mount at the head of uh, on the helmet you know what yeah. happened because i was wearing it for extended durations this side of my neck started hurting <laughs> because there was so much weight on this side <laughs> so guys if you've been having any trouble with you know weird neck aches it could be because of the camera yeah, yeah, that the, you've got the gopro you've got here it might actually be the pain in your neck so yeah so the weird things like this which is why yeah. i just said after a point it's not worth it even mm. from even even to just have a sticky as i'm not going to use it so So I travel a lot alone mm. and I have a method to it but you clearly travel with people mm. in the car and on the motorcycle how does yeah. that change the touring experience So uh, I think for touring uh, on a motorcycle I would typically want it to be a small group hmm right not a large group four people five people at the most And these are people you know really well or you're okay with strangers No it has to be people you've ridden with people you know people you trust because stupid stuff can happen very easily hmm I think the simple rule is would you be willing to stay back for someone hmm. would you expect somebody else to stay back for you it's a, if, such a powerful thing to think about if something goes wrong yeah. right it's as simple as that are you willing to put your life on hold to take care of somebody else and put your life in their hands should something happen to you instead yeah. so it's as simple as that so mm-hmm. on motorcycles i think that's pretty much it right uh in cars if it's a you know two three cars going for a trip together that's cars are actually reasonably okay because i think car drivers are better than motorcyclists in very few ways but one of those ways is that if i can't see that car hmm you don't automatically assume something has happened hmm yeah and one one thing that applies for when traveling i think it's a very simple uh, device so to speak is the stretching chain hmm lead rider sweep rider you stick to your formation doesn't matter how near or how far you are as long as you can see the guy yeah if you don't see the guy behind you slow down it's such it's a simple thing right it just it, it, that lets you ride at your own pace drive at your own pace how you want you're in your comfort zone without getting into somebody else's space and how they want to enjoy the trip yeah. right but just the simple formula When so, you're in a group like this, do you divide the tools and the first aid kits and all of that between bikes and stuff, or everybody packs tools, their own stuff? Tools again. There will always be one tool man in there. Right? Yeah, there's always one. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never bothered. Everybody does. I've I've not asked anybody to pack in mm. a particular way. Okay. It's your ride. It's your drive. Do mm. as you see fit. I think the basic thing would be. Make sure your bike's fueled, your car's fueled up, it's clean. Yeah, it's so annoying, you know, when somebody yeah. shows up and they're they're the one guy without any fuel in their bike. Because if you've taken care of your vehicle, there really isn't much mm-hmm. that you will have to do to head out on a journey, right? And unless you're being careless or 
I don't know, stupid. Um, Not much would happen. Yeah. How does uh, riding with a pillion change your experience? With a pillion, of course, you would be a bit more considerate, I would say. So better behaved. Just so that, uh, because there's more weight, mm. right? So, and the person who's not riding has to either be really in sync with you. Yeah, or they're reacting to everything. Yeah, which mm. can make it uncomfortable for you. Sure. So typically, I don't think you, me, or anybody else doing a long ride would have a pillion, but we've seen so many people mm. do that, right? When, even when we went to Ladakh, people, couples turning up in the dark of the night in Ladakh yeah. with a pillion, with nothing more than plastic wrapped around their shoes it was incredible so people doing that i i mean hats off guys whoever i mean for doing that uh, not not just us charles darwin tips his hat <laughs> that was risky it was that, that's what i just said yeah i know no so uh, i've ridden long distances with pillion a couple of times uh, pritish from power drift he was one of the hmm. edit and post guys he broke his hand the day before one of the IBWs where we were all supposed to be riding together. So he came to see us off, hmm. sort of heartbroken, saying, I will not get to ride my right. bike. Yeah. And I was like, your hand is broken, but your spirit is fine. So hop on. And the Ducati takes pillions easy, hmm. right? You set up preload hmm. and you're good to go. And so we rode together. And then I realized how afraid he was of the performance of the Ducati. So for the first, I don't know, 150, 200 kilometers, he was really calm on the Ducati and really smooth with my inputs to make sure that he was, he understood that we were on a powerful motorcycle, but it was not constantly trying to eject him off the back. Hmm. At some point, he walked up to me and he said, I like it, we can go faster now. And then you turn it up 3%. It's not hmm. like you immediately go balls out. Hmm. You go a little bit faster. Right. And we had a great time together because he was a great pillion. He sat in one place and sort of stayed collected. Hmm. And the Ducati supported that process. And by pure happen chance, uh, somebody else saw us go by and took a photograph and sent it back to oh, us wow. on Instagram. So there's actually a photograph of me and Pritish on the Ducati heading towards Goa. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So pillions, I think, are okay. Uh, most people don't bother to adjust their preload and just raise the tire pressure just a small amount. And if you just do that, the motorcycle returns to feeling more or less like how you would ride alone, but a little bit heavier than that. And it makes a much more pleasant experience than a motorcycle that's like this because your pillion luggage, everything is at the back. And now it won't steer, it won't brake. Right. And for when you're traveling, be it on a car or a bike, you'll find a sweet spot, right? You'll be tempted to push past the sweet spot, hmm. thinking that you'll cover distances better. But the likelihood is that you will end up tiring yourself out more. You know why? So I was reading about it. You know how I looked up the t-shirt rolling? This is the same thing. So it turns out that the brain consumes the most energy of everything that you do. And in that comfort zone, you reach a place where the instruction set for what's going on is immediately available to the brain. What is coming at the brain in terms of sensory input from the eyes and the ears is very easy for the brain to process. And therefore, the amount of energy being consumed to hold that speed steady and smooth is very, very low. It's not so low that your mind is wandering all over the place. Your concentration is on point but it is comfortable enough for you to not really mm. spend energy doing mm. that. Mm. When you raise the pace beyond that and when you raise the pace, uh, lower the pace below that, in both cases, your brain has to work harder. Right. There is the discomfort of going slow and saying, oh man, this is so slow. And there is the um, anxiousness of, Correct. oh my God, I'm going so fast. Because everything is overclocked in that sense. So you arrive on the same eight hour, nine hour trip because honestly on a highway, how much difference can you make? 
on a thousand kilometer trip a guy who's going very very quickly and a guy who's going very very slowly will rarely be separated by even an hour it's not mm. possible to do it but the guy who stayed at the pace arrives feeling like yeah man let's go out and let's do stuff right and the other two guys will arrive completely spent saying i just you know want to have a couple of cold beers and just like go to bed now um weather conditions if it's raining if it's not so cold that you're freezing over or so hot that you're in heat exhaustion you can ride it another cool one it happened on our ride to chennai and it was monsoonish time and we were riding and we had clear sections for most of the way and certain patches were dark and we did get rain what do you think we did <laughs> i don't know that this is good advice coming now we just rode through we got wet we got properly soaking wet okay for 20 minutes it was coming down like there was no tomorrow it looked like it was going to be pouring all the way but the thing is it will most likely not so we carried on yeah. we cleared that and we continued riding and guess what happened in half an hour <laughs> we were dry again yeah <laughs> no so the fun part about really long roads especially when the horizon is really far away is you can see weather coming yeah and i really enjoy that experience like where you say oh when i i remember you come down into uh, belgaum and you come down the hill right if oh, belgaum yeah. has weather you can see it like 30 kilometers that up. landscape is beautiful yeah. yeah and you can see the fact that you're heading into rain and you can decide what you want to do in most cases if it is reasonably warm hmm. the rain i will not even slow down much for you'll get wet and then you'll be dry yeah. and you'll have had a great time yeah. and it's fine the trick here is don't wear cotton on the bike what you're worried about right now oh my god i'm going to get wet and it's going to get so comfortable it's the cotton that is uncomfortable switch to base layers which are mm. synthetics and they dry a heck of a lot faster right what i wouldn't want to get wet in is cold places or places where the temperature variation is quite high so in ladakh i would definitely prep not to get wet correct and the reason is because when you get cold you lose body temperature a lot faster than you will get dry again and ladakh is not a place where you find heat easily on a cold day right in ladakh in fact if it's clouded over you'll feel cold if yeah. it's if it's not cloudy the sun's coming down you'll feel nice and toasty yeah yeah in the typically in the months that you do end up going in so what's your solution for waterproofing what do you do what i've realized over time is most of the stuff isn't really waterproof it's water resistant at best especially in our kind of conditions yeah. if it's coming down the some of the gear has been pretty solid mm-hmm. but the thing is waterproofing lasts for a particular period of time right? such a key concept this is right a tissue paper is waterproof but for a quarter of a second mm. right uh-huh. and a house is waterproof for about 125 years give or take mm. and somewhere in the middle is motorcycle gear right <laughs> so i remember riding with anand somewhere uh-huh. it was a big group and, and we both got a little bit wet and we were both wearing gore-tex lines and all and he's like you know how it is uh-huh. gore-tex works in european light consistent rain you get one shower gotex will be wet huh. but it's okay because you'll also dry very rapidly with gotex and gotex manages color uh, temperature variations actually quite well all right see how much i'm thinking about video i said color and i said temperature huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it changes in that sense but you know my, my go to method for most things buy the cheap decathlon style oh yeah put it on top 
if you use it well it will last a couple Works of years it works like a charm if you use it well it will last a couple of years if you rough use it it will last a season and it's wasteful because it's not environmental friendly and all of that but it's 300 bucks 500 bucks the strange thing is that they are pretty robust yeah i've not had them feeling on me you know no i'm saying look for example their taped seams hmm. taped seams and boots as you trying to pull it over Ah, not friendly okay. yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. i do the plastic bag trick which uh-huh. i told you right you put uh-huh. one plastic bag in a pocket pull it out put over your shoe that protects the seam and protects the filth both from mm. getting mm. connected to each other it works really well but if you don't do that and you sort of pull mm. it up you are wearing the seam out and mm. once the seam goes it's no longer really waterproof it'll still be windproof mm. it's no longer really waterproof all right in what conditions would you say oh you wake up you have a touring plan you say no today is not worth riding Wow. If extreme scenarios. Let's say you've been doing this for a few days, including exhaustion. That's exactly it. If you're not feeling up to it, skip. Yeah. Delay whatever until you find the right mind state. Mm. Because at the end of it, if you are doing it for yourself and rejuvenation, then give yourself that time, mm. right? Or choose a pace at which you'd be comfortable to give yourself that space to say that you know i'm i'm not 100% yeah right just step back and not ride at all or not drive at all it you would have to be properly tired hmm. and in which case for sure and remember at this point if you reach this point nothing is more critical than your rest including the leave that you're about to run out of because what happens when you run out of leave in that situation you find your boss is a lot more considerate than you thought most likely worst case they'll cut one day's pay Hmm. I think it's worth losing that one day's pay just, just to, to rest yeah. it out, be comfortable, and do it well the next time round. Correct. Right. So to me, exhaustion, extreme events, extreme weather, even extreme traffic. Like uh, remember the monsoons a couple of years ago? They opened that dam before Kolhapur, and then the road was flooded. Right. It's an extreme situation, and there is no real way around it because that's like the main highway. So same thing. Like when we went to Ladakh, right, mm-hmm. uh, for reboot. and the passes were shut yeah there's nothing you can do about it yeah right and we lost a day mm-hmm. we had the option of extending our stay into sarchu and all those things but right. we realized then that it was taking a toll on all of us so we did what we could and yeah. we came back mm-hmm. we didn't extend it and push ourselves physically correct uh, because that could have just ended up taking a lot more time than uh, yeah. we would have wanted so that's fair uh, last question hmm What do you do when you get sleepy? A uh, couple of things. Hmm. On the bike, bike. It's a question that we, I have often got about touring from a whole bunch of people on various media. So it's worth answering. Sure. Do you get sleepy on a bike at all? Yeah, I can't think of that. Me either. Which means that if you're riding a bike and you're feeling sleepy, you're so exhausted. Huh. Or you're riding so far out of your actual comfort zone that that's what's causing. the drowsiness to happen i don't do red bull nothing whatever yeah. none of that we're too old to be doing substances like that <laughs> chai chai is about it yeah or coffee okay in a in a car in a car music hmm. or cracking the windows open hmm. often just getting fresh air helps hmm. and if that doesn't help take a stop hmm. just being able to stretch your legs just sit for a bit outside the car take a time take some time off it's about it I've never gotten sleep in a car either. Yeah? Yeah, never. I I don't I don't understand 
how I achieved it. Hmm. But I cannot remember the last time I felt sleepy on a bike or on a car at all. Hmm. But I do know that I prep for my tours even psychologically quite a bit more than hmm. most people. I will think about it and I will rest a little bit more, hmm. drink a little bit more water. So hmm. I arrive prepared. Oh, that was golden tip. In a car, it's so easy to overlook that. Every door pocket have a bottle of water. Because that's the one thing that'll keep you feeling fresh, that'll keep you going for longer. And you will not have to make stupid stops, right? To pick up water on the way. Why should you? If you're mm. leaving from home, just pack in four bottles of water. And yeah, and if you're put, putting a long day in the car and trying to get the miles done, like the high mile day, uh, pack food if you can the previous night and take it with you into the car. Stuff that you can eat mm. in the car without having to stop. That's where I started this conversation. Not the yeah. snack basket. The food. Puri bhaji. And if you want to stop and eat it, like for example, let's say you're alone. I don't recommend that you drive like this. So if, if you're in that situation and you want to eat, pull over on the side of the road where there is no dhaba, etc, etc. Because the dhaba is the distraction there. You already have your food, you have the water in the car. So what you need to do is find a lonely place, relatively speaking. Park, eat and go. Because if you go to the dhaba, then you'll want to browse... You know the trinkets that are on sale that look so interesting in the dhaba which make no sense to anyone at all? That and then you'll wait for the khana to come and they say, oh, okay, so I have a sandwich, maybe I want to have a dosa with that. And it sort of builds from there. Okay, uh, adverse weather conditions, snow. Snow is like mud in terms of how you ride it. So if it's cold and you're feeling that and it's causing you to lose control over the motorcycle, maybe you want to stop or layer up further. But outside that, snow by itself is not a challenge, especially uh, like not too much snow. If you if the motorcycle is digging through it, then it's a lot of work. Your distance uh, ability will fall drastically. In most cases, if you have a light snow on the ground in a car, you really don't have much to worry about. If it's hard packed, the scary part is, of course, the black ice bits hmm. where you can't really see it. So in all those conditions, drive carefully. I think that is the simplest thing. When you're going touring, you don't need 10 different things to carry along with you. It's just being mindful that there are possible risks and to take care. That's that's about it. Like yeah. even now when we went, we were driving, we could see the road, it's looking fine, but there was chance of black ice. Yeah. And we just went carefully until we could assess whether it was there or not. Correct. We did drive over patches which were snowed under yeah. and it was fine. Correct. And if you if you drive enough cars, you'll notice that at about 4 degrees or below external temperature, you'll get a snowflake sign. And that basically is your warning saying below this temperature, things are a little bit more dicey than usual. If your motorcycle has an external temperature gauge readout, use the same preset. If it's 4 degrees or below, do not assume that there is grip and your tires are hot. Um, tail bags or uh, pizza boxes? Yes or no? Tail bags. Always tail bags in preference to everything else. They sit in a place where the weight disappears very naturally. They're relatively compact. You can carry tons of stuff if you get the right tail bags. But uh, in preference to every other format of motorcycle luggage, I would take a tail bag. Oh, really? And the pizza boxes? I like the lockable pizza boxes, like the plastic ones, because they're not too heavy, but they're lockable and they integrate into the motorcycles quite neatly, which is why most of my motorcycles tend to have factory luggage when it's available. Huh. But the metal panniers, I think... If no, I, no, I mean the pizza boxes. The I hate top boxes. I refuse to even discuss them. Okay, they're very convenient in the city. And they're terrible on tour. 
they'll create a your moment for your motorcycle when it gets it's, windy it's just like asking to have a bad time in the city i understand it okay it's low speeds so the aerodynamics are not a problem akash has one ayyo ayyo vichara um in the city i can understand lockable helmet size storage i understand it it's narrow so it doesn't get in your way when you're filtering through traffic i guess yeah out on the highway top box uh, and when i see somebody with a top box on the highway i have a moment where like oh my god you're ruining this for yourself yeah but uh, tail bags best side panniers very decent that plus a small tank bag will actually make a huge dent in how you carry uh, luggage right easy and to I access now increasingly prefer locking tank bags that clip into place rather than strap or magnet uh sw motec makes a great one gv makes a almost as good one they used to be connected ones so you could have charging inside the tank bag forget all of that just the fact that it clips into place and clips off makes it so much more convenient in a car you don't have to worry about any of this you got a glove box you got under seat storage or a boot right or dopo 50 minutes we are 50 minutes in all right so which means it's um <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's let's sum this up first what we both basically said in multiple ways is that the preparation is the key to having a good tour and preparation is you preparation is how you pack preparation is is your motorcycle ready to tour does it have fresh fluids all of that part of it including how planned you want to be is all part of the prep i want to be planned i want to know which hotel i'm going to today and he's saying no sometimes i don't want to do that i want to figure out at 2 in the afternoon where i'm going to stay tonight both plans have their own pros and cons and they both work it's mind state right so if you're going to go out it's about what you want to do with your time right the next is the mind state which is how you're going to drive or ride your car which is to be in your comfort zone be comfortable be aware that you are being dehydrated every moment that passes and therefore you need to work on that every food stop is going to cost you lots of time work around that and if it's a relaxed day with a small distance that's fine and if it's a long day then it's not okay and work all of those things out emergencies are emergencies you can only prep so much for them and beyond Correct. that there's not much you can do so we're not both of us are murphy yeah fans of tools and stuff and we are quite happy to wait for an rsa truck to come if that be the situation although i feel we're jinxing ourselves now 23 man. years on the road and so far nothing has happened of the sort yeah right i know i'll continue to prepare that's all i can yeah. do After that, if RS has to be called, RS has to be called. I mean, what's the big deal? I do pay for this service. I might as well use it at some point. Yeah. Right. Content creation. We are not the expert. Please go ask whoever it is. Our content is in here, and if there was a USB port here, there'd be some very nice things. Really to think about it. If you see a great sunset, you want to just soak that in, not see it from behind a phone. What's wrong with seeing that? And after you've rolled the GoPro for a time lapse. Yeah. Uh, okay we're okay. getting carried yeah. away again okay uh packing it's easy to pack in a lot into a car and although i did say i will pack as much as i can i didn't really mean that <laughs> take what you need it's easy to overpack and especially with kids around take the skateboard cycle god knows what not be realistic about it because there are also hazards in the car so you don't want too much stuff flying around the car necessarily so yeah and if if you have to strap it down We're going to wrap this up. It's a. It's been. It's one of the longest things I think we've done on the podcast so far. I think we are stressing the timelines every time now. All right. Yeah. What do you do on tour? We would really like to have a discussion on that. What are your insights about stuff that really worked for you, as well as stuff that didn't work for you? Uh, anecdotes that raised the game for you, and anecdotes that you said that at the end you said, "Oh my God, I can't believe I did that to myself." All are welcome. Uh, leave us a comment, and let's have fun in the comments as well. Thank you so much. Disconnect.